TalkSport 2, official broadcast partner of the Premier League. Game day. The goals are calling. This Saturday. Exclusive full match commentary of Spurs versus Wolves. Coverage from 11, kickoff 12.30 on TalkSport. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Live horse racing on TalkSport 2. And you're welcome back to Racing Live on TalkSport 2. It's Emma Kennedy with you for the afternoon. We're bringing you day two coverage of the York Ebor Festival. The feature race will come up in the social. It's the 3.35, the Yorkshire Oaks. Delighted to say that I'm now joined by 888 Sport brand ambassador and top jockey, star of the show at the Shergar Cup for Ireland, Neil Callan. Neil, welcome back to Racing Live. I am it, yeah. Good to be back on. Great to have your company, my friend. Now, looking at uh, how things are going for, for jockeys right now, this rule was brought in, which I think overall is is good for your overall health and your well-being and mental mindset, that you're only allowed to compete at one race course. You can't jet off like before and drive five hours to get to another race course uh, to try and, and make a ride before the end of day. But you could have been riding at York yesterday. You chose to go to Kempton, which then gets ruled out and cancelled despite the fact that it's an all-weather race course because of torrential rain talk to me about the frustration of yesterday yeah look i mean it's a, it's a, it's a bit embarrassing really i suppose on the on the race course part to be honest um you know it's it's it's, it's purely in the name isn't it all weather all weather racing all weather race track it's it's for all weather so you know look um they'll, they'll, they'll they can come out and say that, oh, you know, the, the heavy rain came down so quickly in a short space of time and it was a lot of rain, but listen, that's not that's not an excuse. All weather racing is all weather racing and it shouldn't have happened. And, you know, there's obviously reasons for it. I think personally, having ridden around it since I came back from last season, I think the track is worn out. And I think listening to the other jockeys, a lot of other jockeys have been seeing this for the last three to five years, that Kempton racetrack, is a little bit worn out, it's a bit tired, needs replacing, but yet they don't do it, and this is the repercussions that. Well, Kempton is is a race course that was obviously on the brink of destruction at one point. They wanted to close it, um, and I think it's pretty obvious that they weren't doing anything in terms of PR to try and get people in there, uh, and there was uproar about that, and thankfully that was then cancelled. This was all so they could build an all-weather track in Newmarket. Makes great sense, doesn't it? Close a track in London and build a, a track miles away up the north in, in Newmarket. Genius. Uh, that ended up being being cancelled. I did the last... When Sky had the rights to to Irish racing, I was the last one to present from Dundalk. And I remember being up there with Johnny Murta. It would have been late 28... December 2018. And Johnny was furious with the state of Dundalk, as was everybody else. Aidan O'Brien, Damien English, Sarah Lynham, they were all having a go. Gerald Lyons was absolutely seething. And he made that, that same point that you're making about Kempton, was that the track was worn out. And it did eventually need to be replaced, but it took them so long to do it. The trainers eventually just decided they weren't running. Um, and look, all weather racing is very important, but is this what it's going to come down to, that pressure is going to have to be put on Kempton? Like, why have they not just taken the steps and the measure that's needed to relay the track. You can't have an all-weather track that has to be cancelled because of rain. Uh, look, you know, like, I think, I think we've been banging our heads against this drum for a long time. And, and look, it's the same with, uh, with, uh, with the racing in general. Like, how long have we been saying that there's too much racing, too many fixtures, um, the prize money's been diluted, 
and, and British racing is heading in one direction if there's nothing done about. Now, the fact that the previous, um, you know, chairman or the CEOs of the BHA, like uh, Paul Roy and uh, Mr. Savile, have come out, uh, like they've, they've obviously hidden in the shadows for long enough, and, but they've come out and vented their frustration because it's, they don't want to sit back and watch this happen. And, you know, they're, they're both actually quite uh, big supporters of racing in general as an owner. So, you know, they've obviously had enough of sitting on the sidelines and listening and watching and, you know, like something has to be said. And, and, and now that they're coming out and saying it, so hopefully like someone is going to listen. Now, it's the same for Kenton. It's the same for the all-weather tracks. We need all-weather tracks. Of course we need it because, you know, like the summer we're having at the moment, where there's drought and the ground is firm everywhere and some tracks like Bath or whatever can't use a watering system. So those meetings have been transferred to the all-weather meet, all-weather track. So we do need all-weather racing. But if you're going to put on all-weather racing, you've got to have it at a certain standard. And it's been, I don't, look, I can't really comment on, because I don't know exactly how long that track's been down, but I know it's been down a long time. And I know about four or five years ago, uh, a few jockeys have been complaining to the clerk of the course at Kempton, saying that it was worn out then and it needed replacing. So that's four or five years ago. Now, four or five years on, it's washed out. It can't hold the water. Now, if it can't drain the water away, then there's obviously a problem. And yesterday, I arrived at the races. We drove two hours to get there. Obviously, we drove through the rain to go in. There was a bit of rain on the the roads on the way in. That's understandable. But an all-weather track at its best standard should be able to drain that track away and not have standing water. And as I spoke to one of the trainers that came in after and a couple of the jockeys like Richard Kingscott and Liam Keneary, saying that you walked on patches of the track and it was like walking through soup. It was like slushy soup. And then two yards later the track is fine. Now, that is not down to just an immediate deluge of racing. That is down to the track not being able to hold the water or drain it away properly. Therefore, there's an issue. How many jockeys, look, you're one of the, the top jockeys in the weighing room, but there will have been younger jockeys and, and jockeys who, who have to work every single day to make a living who did not make any money yesterday. In fact, they would have lost money because they've lost out on the chance of riding elsewhere and competing and getting their, their riding fees, not to talk of, of prize money, and prize money is already a joke. Uh, trainers who were going to have runners, and there's the expense of bringing the horses there, because it wasn't cancelled until well after 4.15. Like the, the inspection was called then. So most of the trainers, stable staff, jockeys like yourself, you're all there already, and it took you two hours to get there. How long will it have taken people who are driving from the north? Like this, is, this will have ended up being uh, massively costly. Is there any chance that you'll be reimbursed, that your colleagues will be reimbursed, that uh, other trainers will be reimbursed? Now, so this is, this is, the, this is another uh, annoying issue that I spoke to Dale Gibson, who's the representative of the, BH, uh, the PJA, the Professional Jockeys Association, and I uh, vented my frustration on behalf of not just me, it's like jockeys, owners who are paying for their horses to go to that meeting, the stable staff, most importantly, because they are the ones 
that care for these horses and they're the ones that get them ready, prepare. And I know they were saying, oh, the stable yard's underwater, but you can't tell me if that track was okay, that there would have been an, another route out of the stable yard uh, that they could have, uh, you know, quickly made up if the track was in a, a suitable condition. But because it wasn't, they weren't able to race. Now, it's not just me. I'm obviously speaking on behalf of every jockey that were venting frustration there yesterday, saying it's an absolute joke and ridiculous that it came to this point. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people to represent the trainers, the owners, the stable staff. They all have representatives. So, in a way, I'm at the moment representing them all because it's not good enough. And the, the reply I got from Dale Gibson yesterday was that it can only be classed maybe as a reimbursement once the race meeting is underway, which I think is just a joke because half of the cars, so up to halfway through the first meeting, you know, like so one, two, three, up to maybe the fourth race, all the horses and all the staff and all the jockeys and trainers would have been there when we arrived at about 4.15 p.m. yesterday. So as we arrived and everybody else arrived, they immediately go, oh, it's not looking good. We need to have an inspection, blah, blah, blah. And that's it, they cancel it. So they cancel it before the first race. Therefore, it's, uh, well, I don't know. Do they call it an act of God? I don't know. Whatever, but it's, 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 it's not good enough. Not good enough. That is an omni-shambles. And Neil, I'm sure you and I are going to continue this conversation. We'll talk about it some more, but I really appreciate you coming on today and explaining what happened at Kempton. Uh, the very best of luck to you for the rest of the week. Hopefully there's no more cancellations of racing. And um, looking forward to chatting to you again very soon. Uh, Neil Callan, brand ambassador for 888 Sport, expressing his frustration with what happened at Kempton yesterday. We will continue the live coverage of day two of the Ebor Festival at York. This is Racing Live on TalkSport 2. TalkSport 2, official broadcast partner of the Premier League and the English Football League. Racing live on TalkSport 2. It's Emma Kennedy with you for the afternoon. Live racing from Ascot today. And right now, delighted to say that I'm joined by one of the very best jockeys in the weighing room and a man who continues to be in red-hot form, including being the leading jockey at the Shergar Cup and being in the winner's enclosure at the Racing League last night. 8 at 8 Sport brand ambassador Neil Callan. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hi, Emmett. Yeah, it's nice to be back on. Uh, great to have your company. Racing League last night. Listen, at TalkSport, as you know, we're impartial. We're never biased. And so I was delighted for you last night, despite the fact that you beat Team TalkSport, the North, the team that we sponsor. You stopped us from being <laughs> in the winner's enclosure in that race. We were second and third. We had two winners last night. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, but... In the winners' enclosure at the Racing League last night, which came to Windsor, and um, a terrific evening, great fun. What was it like uh, being on the winning side last night? Yeah, oh, of course, it's it's a you know it's a good concept. I think the Racing League uh, it's starting to kind of it's starting to mature. I think they've you know they've they've um, changed a few things which probably needed changing for it to go forward and. You know, it's getting more popular and it's getting better and it's getting more support. And yeah, it's good. It's always good to be on a winning team, though, isn't it? So, uh, uh, no, it was good. It was good. Uh, I mean, one of the, the key factors in terms of changing things around was deciding that they were going to drop the, the team names and go regional instead, which is something that I was talking about last year. I thought that, that would be a really good idea. Um, and, and so this year, 
and the the league is now headed by London and the South. Your team, and you obviously would be Team Ireland, but you were drafted to Team Wales and the West, so that's all right. We'll, we'll let you offered that one as well, and you're probably better off being in Team Wales and the West because, despite the fact that, again, impartial and unbiased, Ireland are the world leaders in racing. Stone last again in the racing league. Last last year, last this year. Uh, 164 points for Ireland. Wales in the West in second on 427. Just behind that pesky Matt Chapman's team. London in the South on 428. Uh, The regional aspect really seems to have kicked things up a gear. Yeah, no, I think it's a good... It's actually kind of a bit like a Sugar Cup-esque kind of draft, you know, by going regional. Um, Instead of, uh, you know, like... uh, different parts of the world so I suppose it's like regional uh, England rather than the world but um, yeah listen I think it's good it probably adds a bit more um, you know rather than uh, going the other route it kind of it's probably more uh, attractive when it comes more regional like that um, and then you know obviously the people the the, 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 the public kind of understand it a bit more um, but yeah look you know every little every little tweak Going forward is, is is only going to improve it and going to help. So, yeah, no, listen, it's 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 good. And 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 look, I mean, with the way things are at the moment, they're putting good prize money into it. They're competitive fields and they're full fields. So, like the Sugar Cup, it's only a plus for racing, which is uh, been on the back foot recently. Yeah, it has. And I, I did a tweet about this a few weeks ago. It was the Saturday before the Ebor Festival uh, at York. There were 48 races that day, which is too much anyway. But of those 48 races, only 28 of them, only 22 of them, could you have an each-way bet one, two, three. So you could only bet yeah. win only or each-way one, two, which isn't very very appealing. Uh, and yet, as you said, it's, it's pretty much full sizes for the racing league. And crucially, the prize money, £2 million in, in prize money over the six weeks. There's, there's uh, two nights left. Uh, of the racing league. That was night four last night. Um, and that's the thing that's attracting the owners and and the trainers. Because if there was one thing that I was a little bit skeptical about was how many owners are really going to want someone else's colours being carried. But they're not going to care when it's £50,000 a race, £25,000 guaranteed for a two-year-old race. That makes all the difference, Neil. No, 100%. And, and at the end of the day, if the owners are there on race day... And and they have a winner. They're still going to be in the photo. So mm. you know, and they're getting the prize money if they win. So look, it's a great incentive. I think it's definitely got a a place in British racing going forward. I think they should hopefully keep it going and keep it growing. Uh, um. So yeah, look, you know, I think it can only can only keep getting better. And uh, I think these race courses and. Um, you know, around the country should start like kind of sitting up and taking heed and, uh, you know, start putting it in themselves from their media rights deals. And, you know, then then British racing can, can get back to being the best racing in the world instead of, you know, falling behind the rest of the world. Yeah. And listen, you spent quite a bit of time in, in Hong Kong and there was a, a report last week. I say report. It was more the latest update in terms of racehorses who have transfer, transferred to Hong Kong. Uh, some of them get renamed. Uh, we saw mostly Cloudy being sold to Australia the other day. Horses being sold to other jurisdictions is not a new phenomenon. The problem is that Hong Kong and Australia, the prize money is so huge, the United States as well, for that matter, that 
their prize money is so large that the owners over there are able to afford to continue to buy new horses. And an example with Mostly Cloudy would be a horse like him would have been bought by a leading national hunt owner in years gone by to go jumping. It's pretty rare now that a high-class handicapper will be bought to go jumping because there's too much demand in Australia and Hong Kong to snap them up because of the prize money that's on offer over there. Yeah, and, and, and that's a typical example that the jump racing owners, even the big ones, are actually getting pushed out of that market because of that the strength of the overseas owners and the prize monies that are racing for us. So, look, it's nothing new that horses haven't been bought to go abroad like forever. Like, I mean, they're always it's always been like that. But it's it's the demand and the amount of them being bought and shipped abroad. And it's only for the reasons that the owners in Britain, because of the measly prize money that they're racing for, it's a no-brainer to sell it for the amount of money that they're getting given or getting offered from overseas owners. So, yeah, you know, you can see, but, you know, you can minimize that. You're not going to stop it. There's always going to be horses to be sold abroad, but you can minimize the impact and um, therefore, by minimizing the impact, means that British racing can get stronger and increase back to the levels that it was. But to do that, you need to put the money up. And there's three groups, essentially. Really, the BHA are the ones who need to make sure that everything is ticking over and moving smoothly. But in terms of the, the fixture list, that came out last week. Um, and I, I had a raised eyebrow again reading some of the stuff that was going along with it because the BHA had to try and say, oh, we are taking action, and, and they did. They, they come out with uh, boosts agreed to minimum values of upper and middle tier flat races to support the retention of higher rated horses in Britain. Great, that's fantastic. But none of this is going to really be done until 2024 because they had their opportunity to do something in the Racehorse Owners Association, the, the Thoroughbred Group, the TG, they went, no, we're not cutting 300 races. We don't want to do that uh, in their infinite wisdom. And so the BHA and the Racecourse Association had to go along with that then because it, these three groups have to agree together to get things done. But as one of the best jockeys, are you seeing anything from the BHA since the fixture list has come out that makes you very, very hopeful for next year that indeed those boosts are coming and that they are going to cut back on the amount of races in 2024? No, and um, it's not 24, 2024 that the action needs to be taken. It's now. Yeah. Um, this is, like they say, oh, they don't want to make any um, rash decisions and they want to see more data. Like, if I have to hear someone come out and say they need more data, <laughs> it's just like, like, like I've been away for 10 years and it was always like, someone's got an opinion. Everybody has an opinion and not everybody is right. But when you collectively put so many opinions together, you can come to the decision. You don't need data to tell you that. All you have to do is like, they were going on about the small fields. Well, you don't need data for that. All you need to do is go back and look over the last month, buy the racing post for the last month, open it up, look at every race card, and then you just, you don't need data. Just look at it. It's there in front of you to tell you that there's not enough um, horses to fill the fields. There's too much fixtures on. There's too much racing. And look, the, these three groups that have been put together to help run racing, like you could not get a worse bunch of a group together to actually agree on a decision because they wouldn't. So 
at the end of the day, the BHA are the regulator, they're the rule maker, they should be the decision maker. So they need to kind of step forward and make executive decisions. Not ideas and then go back on your ideas when you're going to propose something. Make the decision. Like you see Paul Roy and and, uh, Peter Saville, two ex-CEOs of the the BHA and very successful businessmen and very, very big supporters of of, uh, racing as owners and breeders. And they have come out and said that they've had enough of sitting in the background, listening and reading about what's happening. They've had to come out and come forward and share their uh, frustrations and give their ideas. Now, not all the ideas are going to be right or the right thing to do, but majority of them have obviously have been taught about and been put forward in the right way. And I think they should be listened to. And the quicker and the faster we listen to them and start implementing some of those ideas, I think the better British racing can move forward and grow stronger back to what it was. Paul Roy has always been very politically savvy and has been somebody who would be inclined to keep his opinions to himself unless he really felt it was necessary to come out and, and bash. But it would be rare for him to do that. And yet only a couple of weeks ago, his quote was, in 10 years time, the rest of the world will be having our lunch as well. He's come out swinging. And if Paul Roy's coming out swinging, you know there's a problem. So it's it's time now that the BHA, uh, the ROA, and the TG just do what they're supposed to do, work together, and actually address the problems and not just sit on their hands because this is going to be uh, a problem that's only going to manifest and manifest and get worse and worse and worse. So hopefully, hopefully, Neil, news will come out soon. And we can be in a much brighter and better mood. But you can be in a good mood because you're banging in the winners. Uh, you're riding two for Godolphin tomorrow, who are, are very intriguing runners. Um, one for Sidemans, one for Charlie Appleby. Both high-class handicappers on their day. Yeah, uh, it's great to be getting support from from these, uh, especially from Godolphin and then obviously Charlie and Saeed. Um, I've had a ride for Sa- I think my first ride for Saeed in a long time uh, the other day and it ran third. So, yeah, look, it's, it's great to be... Uh, getting recognised and getting the support back because being away for so long you know you don't just waltz back in and expect uh, anything to be given to you on a plate you've got to get your head down walk back up get back up that table where I think I where where I want to be not where I think I should be Uh, it's where I want to be and um, to show everybody that I'm, I'm still as competitive and as good if not better than ever I think you're better uh, and it's great to see you in tremendous form, Neil. Pleasure talking Cheers, to you, right? as always. <laughs> Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, Neil Callan, 888 Sport Brand Fantastic Ambassador, uh, leading rider at the Shergar Cup and a winner. Hesky Neil Callan beating the North last night. Uh, team Talk Sport last night, but in the winner's enclosure for the Racing League and more winners to come. Uh, he's two rides for Godolphin tomorrow, our shining blue and blue trail. Uh, both will be at Ascot. And we are racing at Ascot today. More live racing coming next. Racing live on TalkSport 2. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. 
And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry DeBromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com.